Hey everybody, welcome back to Thinking Biblically About Things That Matter. It's our new Sunday School class here at First Baptist Church. Um, and what we're doing, um, besides just sort of having the Sunday School class at the regular time on Sunday mornings at um, 9.30, we're, we're doing that, sort of having the in-person Sunday School class. Um, but we're also recording the content and putting it on our webpage. So, um, so every week, um, the, the content from that week's Sunday school class, the lesson from that week's Sunday school class, is going to be published on our church's website. And this is just our way of, of making it available to those who aren't able to attend um, this particular Sunday school class for whatever reason. They have their own class they're already attending or, or whatever. And this is just our way of making the, the content from this class um, available to um, to the whole church. So, so that's what you're listening to right now. And the series we're, we're working through right now is uh, technology. We're, we're covering the, the idea of technology. Mostly what we're going to be talking about is like smartphones and, and tablets and laptops and internet technology. The, you know, how, do, how can we be wise, how can we be joyfully wise um, in the way that we use our smartphones and, and our internet technology? Um, that's probably the biggest, most sort of pressing concern um, when it comes to technology. It's like, um, that's, that's where our biggest questions are, is, is just how do we do that wisely? How do we use that kind of technology wisely. So that's that's really the where this where this class as a whole is headed. Last week we started out by um, looking at just the truth, the um, the truth that God is sovereign over technology. It's just a comforting truth. It's a joy giving truth to know that no matter what human innovators design and develop, and no matter how they use it, um, God is still and always sovereign. He, he governs over um, technological advancement. And so we can just take comfort in that. And so that's what we looked at last week. And um, if, you, if you want, if you missed that, and you'd like to just see five ways we see that from the Bible, that was last week's lesson. Five ways we see that God governs over technology. And so that's just kind of a, uh, it was kind of a, a comforting way to start out. Um, but now we're going to start thinking about, um, yes, God is sovereign over technology, but humans are... Um, to be wise with the way they use it. Um, Christians are commanded to be wise, to walk um, in wisdom, to walk in ways that, um, to live in ways that honor the gospel, that honor the Lord, um, and, and, and to, to walk in wisdom, to, to love God wholeheartedly, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, and so, so, so now, sort of moving forward, we're going to think about that together. And what we want to do today, in today's lesson, is we want to 
sort of lay the groundwork by asking, why do we need to be wise with technology? What is it that's unique to technology that, that demands that we pursue wisdom, that, that demands that we are intentionally wise with it? What, what you know, we're believers of all, <laughs> of all generations. Um, we've, always, we've always been commanded to be wise, right? So it's not like, you know, wisdom is this new need. Um, but what is it about um, technology um, that, that is unique? Why do we have to be especially careful, especially wise with technology? So that's the question for today. And we, we have three reasons for that. Three reasons for that from Scripture. We want to look at these three reasons why we need to be especially wise with technology. So that's what we're going to do here in this lesson. Three reasons why we need to be especially wise with technology. Number one, because technology amplifies our power to do good or evil. Technology amplifies our power to do good or evil. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we have the very famous story of David and Goliath. And when you look at how Goliath is described in that passage, like if you look at verses 4 through 7, uh, there, there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So he was huge. He was a, he was a giant, literally a giant. Um, he had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. And so what, what the narrator is saying here in 1 Samuel 17 is that Goliath is decked out in the latest war tech. He is... I mean, he was already powerful. He was already a, a giant. He was already a champion fighter, and he was already a giant. But then, but then he has all of this weaponry and this armor. And, and with this new war technology that he had, his power was amplified. It was increased. His war tech made him scarier than he already was. It amplified his power to do evil. But... But Goliath isn't the only one using war tech. He's not the only one using technology. David, the way David is described in verses 38 through 40, go like this. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David Put them off. But verse 40, but it's not like he just goes out there with no, with no technology, though. Listen to verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. So Saul had some of the latest war tech himself. Like King Saul said, David, you're going to go out there and fight Goliath. You can use my latest war technology. Did Saul had some armor? Yeah, he had a, a, a nice new sword. He 
David could have used that, but David, David didn't want that. But it's not like David didn't want any technology. He, David took his sling. David took the technology that he knew, that he, that he knew how to use. And that sling greatly amplified David's power. That sling made David able to propel a rock farther and harder than he could have in his own strength, for sure. That David could sling a rock through the air with much greater velocity and much greater aim um, and a and much greater distance than he could if he was just using his arm. He was just throwing a rock at the giant. So technology amplifies our power to do good, like David, or to do evil, like Goliath. Technology amplifies our power to do good or evil. And we've seen this right in our our own world. We've seen this in the world around us. I always think of, of my daughter, Haddon. She would not be alive today without the medical technology needed to perform an emergency C-section. Haddon would not be with us today um, if it were not for those particular medical technological advances. And, and of course, and we can think of just tons and tons of ways where technology has been used to save lives and to protect lives and to lengthen lives and to improve the quality of lives, just countless ways. But then even more than that, we can think of ways that technology has, has been used in all kinds of ways to send the gospel around the world. We can think of all different, I mean, auto, automobile technology, transportation technology, radio technology, internet technology, medical technology. We can think of all kinds of ways that, the, that, that technology has served the, the spread of the gospel. in ways that would not have been possible without it. But technology also, though, it it does amplify our power to do good, but it also amplifies our power to do evil. We've seen this when, 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 when wicked people wield powerful weapons, or when wicked people wield powerful vehicles, or even when humans are foolish and not necessarily set out to be wicked, but they are foolish and reckless with with powerful technology. We've seen the the damage that a, a, a lie can do when it goes viral on social media. The the regular person right now has more power at their fingertips than any regular person ever throughout history. All of this power calls for wisdom. It calls for wisdom. And and what does this wisdom look like? Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna dig into that, but but here's what it might look like. Here's what you might want to consider. It, it might look something like when Saul hands David the latest technology and David says, nah, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna go with the latest and the greatest. Um that's not the best choice here. Maybe that's what wisdom with technology looks like. Maybe it maybe it 
is saying, no, I don't need the latest and the greatest. Uh, and, and it's reaching for something else. Whatever wisdom with technology looks like, it, for sure, we have to pursue it. We have to pursue it because technology amplifies our power to do good or evil. That's the first reason. The second reason that we have to be especially wise with technology is because, is because number two, it is misleading to call technology neutral. It's misleading to call technology neutral. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So the psalmist is saying, some trust in chariots. I mean, chariots, when this psalm was written, would have been the, the cutting edge war tech of the day. But the psalmist refuses to put his trust in chariots. And so this is something that we have to refuse to do. You have to intentionally refuse to trust in chariots. Otherwise, you'll just automatically trust in them. For instance, think about it this way. If, if, if Russia decides to attack the United States tomorrow, of course, believers would be praying that God would protect us, right? That God would grant us victory, like that, that, that God would bring justice, all of that. Like we, we would be praying for sure. But we would also automatically be trying to figure out who has the better war tech. We would, we would feel very confident if we knew that our missiles could, could go farther, could do more damage, were more accurate, were more numerous than Russia's. Because, because war technology is just like any other kind of technology. It's designed to, to capture our hearts, to capture our trust. It's designed to make us feel like we need it. It's designed to make us trust in it and find security in it. It's designed for us to need it. That's why I don't think it's, I don't think we can call technology neutral because it's designed, it's not designed in a neutral kind of way. It's designed to make us need it. Think about something as simple as the car. The, the car is now not something you can live without. The very existence of the car has changed the world into a place where you need a car. Everyone that you deal with expects that you have access to an automobile of some kind. Like you can, like, so everyone who lives in the United States of America, um, they, they, they live with the expectation. The, the expectation is put upon them that they are going to have access to some kind of automobile. The train, plane, um, really, really fast scooter. So, like, you're no matter where you live. If you live in a rural society, if you live in a, a very urban society, you're, you're expected to have access to an automobile. Everybody sort of expects that you're going to 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 be able to use a vehicle. Now, you can, like the Amish, you you can. Completely reorder your life so you don't need one. You, you can basically cut yourself off from the rest of society and sort of have your own society where you don't need vehicles. Like you don't need, you don't need automobiles. Like so you can do it, but it's incredibly difficult because, because technology, 
technology, if it's successful, if the invention is successful, if the invention does what the inventor wants it to do, the, 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 the technology creates a need for that technology. It, it changes the world, so we need it. Now, cars are just a practical necessity. They, they don't usually become what we would call an idol, although, although when, they, when, when the, the health of our car is in jeopardy, um, we do get very anxious, we get, we get stressed out, um, we get very panicky, very, very irritable. But, but usually we, we don't think of a car as something that we look to for peace and security and joy. But there's other kinds of technology, like our smartphone, for instance, that, be, that we, be, we start to need our smartphones in ways that are not good at all. Smartphones, like all other technology, are designed to be needed, and we end up needing them in all kinds of unhealthy ways. And so then we end up using them in all kinds of unhealthy ways. And we're going to talk about that more in weeks to come. But for right now, it's just, it's good that we kind of understand it's, it's misleading to call technology neutral. I know what people mean by that. They just mean it's a tool. It can be used for good or for evil. But to call it neutral um, is a little bit misleading. And it, I, th- I think what it does is it, is it, it, it influences us to let our guard down. Because if we think of technology in sort of a neutral way, we will end up needing it, trusting in it, in ways that we're not supposed to, in idolatrous, sinful ways. So it's, it's misleading to call technology neutral. That's the second reason we really need to be wise with technology. Here's the third reason we need wisdom with technology. Our third and final reason is is here because, number three, because wisdom doesn't come from technology. Wisdom doesn't come from technology. In other words, just because you, you, you get a new piece of technology in your hands doesn't mean that you automatically know what to do with it. It, it. New technology doesn't come with ethical instructions. It doesn't come with, with instructions on how to glorify God with it. It doesn't come instructions for how to use it wisely. Right? The technology outpaces ethics every single time. We learn, we, we learn what something can do we explore the limits of what something can do, and then we figure out later whether we should do it or not. Uh, Job 28 is talking about mining. Talking about mining. And, and he just, Job says, Surely there's a, there's a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Uh, and, and so mining is just this incredible technological um, advancement of the day. It's, a, it's just this um, incredibly ambitious effort where these these courageous miners are plumbing the depths, right? And so that's what that's what Job is talking about. Job twenty eight one to fourteen. There's a mine for silver. There's a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth in verse two, and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness, and searches out to the farthest limit the ore in gloom and deep darkness. So so you can only farm during the daylight, but you can mine any time because now you have the technology to do so. You can bring light right into the darkness. He opens shafts in verse 4, in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. You can picture it, right? Swinging to and fro in the depths of the earth, hanging on to a rope and, and, and mining away. 
down in verse 9, man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks and his eyes see every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle. But the, and, and the thing that is hidden, he brings out to light. But then verse 12, Job 28, 12 says, But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. And the sea says, it is not in me. So mining is this incredible technological achievement. Ancient miners were innovators, they were risk takers, they were ambitious, and their ambition was pushing them to, to even further technological advancement. And so they were, they were amazing. But in all of this technology, in all of this innovation, in all of this discovery, do they find wisdom? Does wisdom come with it? No. Wisdom is only found in God, only in his word. Technology does not come prepackaged with wisdom for how to use it well. You and I are called to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. It takes real wisdom to do that. It takes wisdom that only God can give. I mean, there are, there are pieces of technology out there. There are things that people are doing um, in labs and in, and in research departments. Um, and it's stuff that's way above my pay grade. They're dealing with intellectual property that I don't understand at all. It's way above my... I'm not a scientist. It's way above my pay grade. But some of the things I hear that they're doing, I just want to go and visit those labs and say to these really smart people, hey, j just because you can do this kind of work d doesn't necessarily mean that you should. But then what you and I have to realize is that, is that statement, that's, that, that's not just for people in labs somewhere. That's for me and you. Just because we can just because we can do all this amazing stuff with our smartphone, just because we can do this or that or the other thing, just because we do have this really, really cool technology in our hands, doesn't necessarily mean that we know the best way to use it. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. So that's what we're going to go looking for in God's Word over the next few classes. How to think biblically about technology. How to, how to apply biblical wisdom to technology. And we need it. We need to. Because technology amplifies our power to, 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 do, to do either good or evil. It amplifies our power. We now have more power to do great good or to do... Incredible evil. Technology is not, it's, it's not neutral. It's designed to be needed. And, and wisdom isn't found in technology. So we need to look to the word of God. We need to look to his word. We need to look for wisdom. I'd love to hear, if you, if you've, you listen to this and you've got any comments or questions um, and you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear um, any kind of feedback you have. You can email me at pastorsteveron at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.